Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Notice that Thomas Vanek is available. You know, he's a top six forward, at least. Top nine now. <laughs> he's not commanding $7 million over seven years or whatever the offer sheet was the owners offered him 12 years ago back in uh, Kevin Lowe days. Well, that would kind of close the circle because he came over from Austria and started playing minor hockey in Lacombe. So that would close the circle if he wound up playing for the Oilers. But he's, he's already played for eight teams including Detroit twice. Um, and most of the teams he plays for are in the States, not in Canada. So it would be interesting. And But uh, I don't see it happening. Well, you know, as far as what the Oilers need, someone who can play in their top six, a winger, somebody who's, well, Thomas Vanek from a dozen years ago. I mean, I guess Thomas Vanek, if he had joined the Oilers, he would have been there, probably, probably would have been their top player at least on paper. Um, but you need someone to play with Connor McDavid. They need somebody in their 20s to play with Connor McDavid. Or no, they need somebody in their 20s to play with Ryan Nugent Hopkins because Leon Dreisaitl can play with Connor McDavid. And it's it's unfortunate that the longest serving oiler, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, been through a million coaches, lots of general managers, tons of players, it's like he's on an island by himself, and they say, well, whoever we put you with, I guess you better do something with him. And, you know, Connor has Leon Dreisaitl to play with, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins has whomever they deem fit to put on the second line. And for the most part, they're third-line players playing in the second line. And until they find a legitimate top-six winger for Nugent Hopkins to play with, um, there's a hole there. And teams can load up on trying to check, you know, Connor and Leon if because there's no second line alternative. There's a second line player in Nugent Hopkins, but not a not a second line, you know, you know, winger. So there you go. Well, we're recording this uh, oil spills podcast on Tuesday, July two. So the day after the opening day of free agency, and I'm with. Uh, I'm Craig Ellingson, the host, with Hockey Hall of Fame writer Jim Matheson. And, uh, well, we do have a long summer ahead. I mean, you know, the season doesn't start till October 2nd for the Oilers. Training camp will break in the middle of September. So GM Ken Holland has time to see if he can add some kind of a player, a winger, forward who can play in that role. Um, and if it's not going to come via free agency and you look at the list of who's available, uh, I, mean, I mentioned Thomas Vanek. He did score 16 goals last year, but he is, like you said, he's more top nine than top six. He's not 23 anymore like he was in 2007. He's 35. 
Um, that ship has sailed. That I mean, ship obviously it, sailed a long time ago. I mean, in a perfect <laughs> world, he would have got, you know, Gustav Nyquist uh, for the same money he was making last year, $4.7 million on a four-year deal, a uh, player who's 29 years old right now, not somebody who's 35, and he could plug Nyquist in, Ken Holland, who had him in Detroit, and legitimately say, okay, we have one second-line winger for Ryan Nugent Hopkins to play with, but he doesn't, and he's going to have to trade. I mean, he's going to have to trade for a, a winger and give up a defenseman, I think, for a winger. And I think he's hoping that a lot of these young defensemen from the minors come up and can play, can show they can play. Uh, and if so, then he can trade one of the defensemen f for uh, a winger. And I don't see any other way out of it. I don't, with the cap space he's got, uh, he's not going to be able to, uh, to sign anybody with, you know, he spent, he spent 1.3 million on Marcus Granlund. He spent 2.1 million on bringing back Alex Chase on. He spent, Two million plus bonuses on Mike Smith, so he's got still got about you know five to six million left, but he wants to keep one point five million aside in case there's you know something happens later later in the summer. Uh, maybe there's somebody on waivers he wants to pick up and pay the salary and stuff. So there's nothing there in terms of making a trade, and not good enough players out there uh, to bring in as, uh, as free agents. Nobody's going to come in. You're not getting Marcus Johansson or, or anybody like that who's still available for uh, a couple of hundred, couple of million dollars. So uh, he's hooped. I know you've been beating, beating the, the drum and so have other people about the whole Nick Ehlers idea in Winnipeg since Winnipeg does have to make you know at least a couple of big signings. But, you know, their, their landscape changed yesterday. You know, Tyler Myers did go elsewhere. He commanded a fairly uh, pretty penny from the Vancouver Canucks, so that's that salary is not on the books anymore. And obviously, the Jets, you know, have remade things. I mean, Jacob Truba is a little. They need no a right well. defenseman. Yeah, the Oilers have a right defenseman in Adam Larson. But then, if the Oilers would make that deal, then the Oilers have precious few right shot defensemen <laughs> left. You know, Clefbaum shoots left, uh, Nurse shoots left, Russell shoots left. Um, Matt Benning is a right shot defenseman, but he's a third pairing defenseman. So they don't have a lot of right shot D. So it's the old, you know, taking one apple out of this uh, basket for an orange and another basket. So are they any further ahead? I guess they are because Ehlers is, might be a little more dynamic than Adam Larson is, but uh, I, I don't know if that's a deal. And I think if I'm the Winnipeg Jets, I go to, the Buffalo Sabres, who have about 12 players, 12 defensemen signed, and ask them if they can get uh, Ristolainen out of their straight-up swap for Nicholas Ehlers, $6 million for $6 million, and then they get a, a young defenseman too. Well, I think Ken Holland's got some – obviously he's got work to do. We Everybody knew that. He knew that when he was hired two months ago. And this is uh, – I don't know if you're going to be able to – really judge Ken Holland after this offseason. I mean, obviously this Oilers fans have uh, not seen a playoff team 12 of the last 13 seasons. And, you know, chances are without the Oilers going out and making 
a deal to upgrade their forward, their winger position. I don't know if we're we're going to be able to see anything that's much different because you don't know how players are going to develop and you know how these young players will be improved from last year. You're hoping that you know one more you know, they have another year under their belts, um, another year's experience, and you're hoping and waiting for people to break out. Well, perceptively, is this team better than it was last year going into the season? Not really. Uh, I guess Granlund is a is a solid, you know, fourth line, really good penalty killer uh, signing. But Mike Smith last year they had a Cam Talbot. This year they have Mike Smith is a, with Koskinen. So the goaltending is kind of a wash. Alex Chase on his back, so they're not bringing another another body uh f- five of the players had career years last year you know with with uh dry and mcdavid and nugent hopkins and chase on and cassian uh are they all gonna have is cassian gonna score 15 goals again this year yes if he plays with mcdavid and dry uh, maybe not if he does if he goes back to being a third line right winger is chase on gonna score 22 goals probably not because he got a lot of time with with uh, McDavid last year, uh, and he got I think he got eight goals in the power play. Probably won't. He's more of a fifteen goal scorer, so that's seven goals less than last year. Um, they're bringing in a couple of European forwards, um, Nygaard from uh, and Haas, a, a Swiss player. But anytime you're bringing in a European player who's never played in the NHL, it's a roll of the dice. You know, can he play? How, how much can he contribute right away? Most European players the Oilers have brought in over over time have been role players. Leonard Petrell and, and you know, Korpikoski and whomever else they've had, they've been fourth-line players. They don't score much. So that remains to be seen. I, not to be a, you know... A negative Charlie, but this team does not look like a team that's going to make the playoffs right now. It's the same team, basically. It doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. LA doesn't, and neither does Anaheim, you know, on paper. Uh, but Vancouver looks like they've improved themselves a little bit, certainly on defense. Uh, and they could be better. So, you know, I Vegas will make the playoffs. San Jose will make the playoffs for sure. Uh, in the in the Western in the Pacific Division, so I guess it remains to be seen who else does. But it's it's a roll of the dice for the orders. And Ken Holland is he's being praised for being not throwing money at people that don't deserve money on free agency, and he's got lots of prospect defensemen and a few prospect forwards. But I think he also has to deal in the now, and I'm sure he is. You know, can they go another year with McDavid and Dreisaitl, the top of their game, not being in the playoffs without, you know, them saying, okay, we're, help us now. You know, it's nice to have these prospects coming, but help us now. And, and, and the fans probably thinking the same thing. That's, that's dealing the present, too, where a team that's missed the playoffs 12 of the last 13 years. 
Like what you heard today? Get more of the Edmonton Journals and the Edmonton Sun's award-winning journalism complimentary for 30 days at edmontonjournal.com slash podcast or edmontonsun.com slash podcast or both. Why not? You know, when thinking about you know, the prospect of trading one of your defensemen to try to get that forward to play in your top six, you know, the order's buying out Andre Sakura while they needed to do that to gain more cap room. If you're looking at dealing another one of your veteran defensemen to get this forward, are you perhaps kneecapping your defense by doing that? Well, you are right now. I think the Oilers perhaps feel that that the defenseman William Lagesson plays a same, similar shutdown role to Adam Larson. But I believe Lagesson's a left shot defenseman and Larson's a right shot defenseman. Uh, Ethan, Bo- Ethan Bear is a minor league defenseman. He's a right shot. Do they think that in time, Caleb Jones, who shoots left, could be Adam Larson, you know, could be a shutdown guy? Yes, but he, again, he shoots left. And he's, you know, can he, they need right shot defensemen. And uh, Bouchard's a right shot defenseman, but he's not ready to play yet in the, in the league. So um, I, I don't know. They are kneecapping themselves, you know, by trading a defenseman for a forward. But I don't see any other way out of it, to be honest, to get a, to get a forward. In a perfect world, if the Oilers had drafted Jesse Pugliarvi and he turned out to be as good as Matthew Kachuk uh, in Calgary or Dubois in in uh, Columbus, uh, they'd be fine. They'd have their top six winger in in Pugliarvi. But you know he's getting traded or he's going back to Finland, so that's that's not happening. Do you entertain the idea of dealing Nugent Hopkins? He's coming off a career year. He's you know been with the team a long time, and his contract is going to expire here in the next couple of years with the hopes of bringing in you know a player and and maybe a second that could translate eventually into the maybe but if you trade a center for a winger it's not an even up deal usually a centers are more valuable than a winger you would trade a center for a defenseman who's a really good defenseman I think what the orders have to consider themselves with Nugent Hopkins is he's got two years left in his contract, but after this season, he's going into his final year and then he's going to be unrestricted free agent. He's making six now. So what's he going to cost the Oilers uh, after, you know, in, not this season, but after the season that down the road, is it going to be $8 million? Then you're going to have eight and a half and one player dry saddle eight and in, in Nugent Hopkins and 12 and a half and, uh, and, Connor McDavid, and it's even more money spent on just three players. So they're going to have to make up their mind pretty soon on on Nugent Hopkins. But right now, they need him. You know, they need him on their team, and they got to hope these defensemen come quickly so they can trade one of their defensemen. I think um, that's the way I see it. But it's difficult in today's NHL to be a top four defenseman. You can make the the roster as a top six. But moving into a top four where you're always going against the other team's first pairing, first line or second line, it's difficult. And a lot of young players uh, aren't equipped to doing that. 
So it's very much a balancing act. And I know Ken Holland takes a look, as he said yesterday, takes a look at his board. He's got all the players on it. He's not dumb. He sees the same things we do, that he's got three premier players, all centers, basically, because Drysaddle's normally a center, and no wingers with any pedigree to score 20 goals. So he knows what's up, but he also knows that his hands are tied in terms of, of who does he trade to get that winger. And there's not a lot of marketability with a lot of the older four, you know, players to get that, you know, high-end uh, winger. Not when you're missing the playoffs. There's not a lot of teams dying for a lot of the older players. And in Clefbaum's case, Oscar Clefbaum, he's got a very nice contract at $4 million. So does Larson at $4 million in today's game. You don't really want to trade players who play a lot of minutes make, making only $4 million in a day's game. But, I mean, that... But you gotta, you got you to do something to, to shake things up, I guess. But right now, for sure, Clefbaum and, and Nurse are their best two defensemen. And... Larson would have been, but he's coming off a, a, a poor year by his standards. So his marketability is not as high as it was before. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, their roster is still so flawed. No top six winger, no third line center. That's what they wanted. They had to go out and get a third line center with some offensive ability. Didn't get one and didn't get a top six winger. Still holes. But I always go back to, uh, and you're, you can't expect to acquire a Tater Hall level player when you're trading a defenseman. But if you know whether that's Adam Larson or it's Oscar Clefbaum or heaven forbid, if you're putting Darnell Nurse on the table, you should be able to get that winger back. Well, you should, and there are other teams getting pretty creative at this time of year. Mostly the Leafs. You know, to wheel and deal, and 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 Colorado's the same way. They're picking up players, uh, trading players. Uh, I I I think what has to happen with a general manager is if you're trading player A for somebody else who plays a different position, then you have to have somebody, player C, who can take the other guys on your team you're trading his spot, or you're you've left the hole there. If you have somebody willing and able uh, to take that spot, then you're fine. But I, I remember when the owners traded um, Jason Smith, they figured that uh, Matt Green could be Jason Smith. They had Matt Green ready to be Jason Smith. But you need a, somebody ready to take, you know, if the owners are going to trade, say, Adam Larson, then you better have somebody ready to in your pipeline who can be Adam Larson or you can't trade Adam Larson. As a bit of an aside, how important is the right shot versus left shot thing with defense? More important than it used to be. It didn't, I it remember didn't Jason, used to matter. Jason Smith was a right-hand shot. Yeah, I think Matt Green was a left. Not that you were doing that exact same It swap. didn't used to be a big deal until Mike Babcock decided when he was coaching these Olympic teams he had to have a righty and a lefty. Right, left, right, left, right, left. And then everybody wants one now. Uh, I guess it's there are left defensemen that can somehow play right very rarely would you get a right shot defenseman who can play on the other side their right shot 
they play right shot. Like like Sekra and Russell are left shot guys, but they can seemingly play both sides. Um, so getting a, a pure right shot defenseman helps the balance with with a, a lefty and a righty. I think certainly in the top four, you know, top two pairs of defensemen. Um, but is it as important as getting a right shot center? Probably the same. You know, you got to take face-offs, you need right-shot centers, of which the Oilers have precious few. Right now they have Sam Gagne, who I think they feel is a winger. They have Kyle Brodziak, who was in and out of the lineup last year. And uh, Eskaitan Haas from Switzerland is a right-shot center. But Drysaddle shoots left, McDavid shoots left, Nugent Hopkins shoots left. Uh, Colby Cave is a left-shot center. Granlund they brought in from Vancouver as a left shot player. So they're heavily left shot guys and hardly any right shot centers. And I don't think you can I don't think you can get by with without two right shot centers in your twelve forwards that you dress most nights. Going back to goaltending, you know, adding Mike Smith to pair with Miku Koskinen. Do you think that is a wash? I mean, I, Mike Smith's an upgrade on, well, clearly the guy that finished the year as the backup, Anthony Stolarz. But I think, you know, considering his performance last year, particularly heading into the playoffs and in the playoffs. He was really good in the second half of the year with a 2.28 goal average and really good in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He didn't play very well in the first half. I think part of that was mental. In his own head, he, he wasn't happy that the younger Riddich was playing and he was sitting. And then when he did play, he didn't play very well. But he dug in in the second half and played much better. I think Ken Holland is right. Brad Terleving is right. Most GMs are right now. You need two goalies who can play around 40 games. You know, it's very rare you can find one goalie who can play 65 and then you just have a $750,000 backup. You need two goalies reasonably capable who can push one another and I think that's what they, they're trying to get with Mike Smith because uh, Koskinen last year did not prove when Cam Talbot got traded that he could play every game he played every game and his game dropped off he wasn't used to playing every game uh, and so they need he needs to be pushed uh, and in a perfect world that four and a half million you're paying for Koskinen he'll be the starter and Mike Smith will only play 35 games, and the other guy will play 50, you know, 50-ish, you know, high 40s anyway. But no matter who they're picking up, their goaltending is average, just average. And on a team with Dave Tippett, perhaps they'll who they'll have a more structured system, like Barry Trotz in Long Island, and they won't give up the chances that they would have given up in the past, which, which make the goalies look not very good. And maybe they'll cut them down as they did in Long Island last year, where suddenly Leonard and Grice, you know, win the Jennings Trophy for the best goal average in the league after the year before, where they were, you know, they gave up a ton of chances. So I mean, I'm sure that's protect the goalies you've got a little better than in the past, and they'll look better. That's. I guess that's what's got to happen.
That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. Subscribe to Oil Spills on iTunes and Google Play. You can also listen to it via the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun apps and websites. Thank you.